0: How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the channel. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Do yourself a solid, please. If you're new, subscribe. I know I haven't said that in a long time, but I feel like it's something I need to say. If you guys are trying to get the, the most relative and up-to-date information about the Ukrainian war, hey, I might be your guy. It could be. Now, I want to say right now, I know I apparently offended some people with this thing. This was taken off a, a Russian, just so you are aware. This isn't me like promoting this. And it may seem like it, I had it hanging on, on this right here. I I guess that made somebody mad. So I'm just going to put it right there just for you. This, these are, these are trophies that were brought back to me from a buddy of mine that was over there fighting. This is an actual Russian helmet that was taken off a Russian soldier. This is a Russian scope that was taken off a, a sniper rifle and has backing of a thermal. And this was of course taken off the chest of one. And this was a round that was fired at him. So, so everybody's aware. And this was, I found this in a, in a collection. And I thought it was really awesome, so I had to keep it. This, well, you guys know this was destroyed back, I believe, in early March or late, yeah, early March. So in my last video, uh, it was exported and uploaded prior to me being able to speak on the fact the Ukrainians have actually exposed a major weakness in the Russian air defense. So what we know so far is three people have been KAA, three actual soldiers, Russians that is, And this happened just outside of Moscow, a couple hours drive. So this should have and and make every single Russian feel a bit worried about their country's ability to to keep them safe from like long range Ukrainian attacks. Now, these attacks were not on civilian structures, but were actually on actual Russian military bases, which one of the bases... Uh, was actually the home um, of of, of all the Russian bomber fleets. So prior to yesterday, two bases were hit, okay, and just last night. A third Russian Russian base has been struck. Uh, This was actually 60 miles or so north of the Ukrainian border. So it it hit inside of Russia once again. It didn't take out a plane or anything. It actually went after it hit some fuel. Uh, But the crazy thing about this is the fact that Ukrainians used possibly, they may have used a Soviet-era drone is what they're saying, to do this, they, they use a Soviet-era drone to hit uh, hit a target that is just two hours south, driving distance south of Moscow. These they're, they're saying they could have been Tu-141s, which were speed recon drones back in the day. They were made in the in the 70s, and then were used in the 70s and the 80s. And they have a range of up to 100, or, uh, excuse me, not 100 kilometers, a 1, thousand kilometers, which is well within the range of these bases. Uh, it's also well within the range of Moscow. I think Moscow out of Kharkiv is like 650. 50 kilometers or 80 kilometers. Or so, it's under 700 kilometers. It's in between 600. So they're all within range. I don't think they're going to go target Moscow. Now, America didn't want to get involved or claim to be telling Ukraine to strike beyond its borders, but they clearly cannot stop them from using their own tech against Russians. The U.S. State Department uh, spokesman had stated this last night. The United States is not enabling Ukraine to strike beyond its borders, and we're not encouraging Ukraine to strike beyond its borders. Personally, I think this is a cowardly thing to say. I do. I think it's fair game. Why should Russia be able to smack Ukraine with things fired from Belarus and Russia and Ukraine can't hit them back? That is absolutely, this is, this is not a special military operation. This is war, okay? If you smack them in the face, you should be able to hit them right back. Twice as hard with two hands, two open, like, you know what I mean, that, that They should be able to do that. So at the same time that that is going on, the United States has also landed another 700 uh, combat vehicles into Poland that are going to be supporting the buildup of NATO forces inside this region. So not entirely shocking, uh, and, and some people are probably wondering why they're still painted tan when it's clearly wintertime. Uh, for one, tan is the best base color you can possibly use when it comes to camouflage, okay, when you camouflage an object because it easily can be changed. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of shine on it. It's, there's a lot of reasons why tan is really good. You never want to start with a dark color and attempt to shift it to a light. So honestly, like making every single vehicle tan is, is not a bad idea, okay? Now, white would be terrible, but the tan is great. It really is. I guess you'd say we have some that look like this as well, exactly what I'm wearing, Uh, but for the most part, they are all tan. And secondly, uh, we're using these things not really during wartime purposes, so there's no need to change the colors. And I unfortunately have to bring this up because where I found this video, all the comments below, everybody's asking how dumb America is for sending canned vehicles into a white and green environment. We are somehow so low on military personnel uh, to paint them. Yes, this is a thought that people are having and there's hundreds of them. We have, we're have we so low on personnel because we're moving so so many men inside of Ukraine. I'm not kidding, That is Literally all the comments under these videos, very strange. I don't know if they're bots. I don't know if they are. I'm just like, what in the I'd also like to point out that Russia ordered seventeen hundred UAVs from Iran. Seventeen hundred were ordered, four hundred landed, four hundred were then shot into Ukraine, and then three hundred fifty were shot down. Did the Russians actually lose faith in their ability these things to gain any type of result? Or do they not have any left? This is like a random food for thought since we are now on the topic of things that are being sent across borders. Так
1: слушай, что у вас там вообще? Ты рассказываешь, что у вас там? Ничего у нас на этом же месте. Все на этом же месте. А это самое. Народу на все уходят, уходят люди, уходят. Как уходят? Убегают что ли? Да, так убегают. А как блин пять дней под дождем не спавший? Не это дезертир, что смотрите б, это убегите. Мы в декабре, если нас в отпуск не отпустят, мы тоже уйдём. да ты просто не представляешь, я мы в болоте живем, у нас все течет, у нас не поспать, не пожрать. Ну, а командир ваш э, уже с вами? Командира мы своего нового не видели, у нас поменялся командир. Так нам сказали, вас просто отсюда не выпустят. Нам а сказали. чего, а как это просто не выпустят? А потому что, а потому, что они боятся, эти колк этот, они mm-hmm. боятся, они боятся, что в прокуратуру, mm-hmm. потому что здесь снабжения никакого нету, здесь ни еды. Ни... Ну, понятно. Мы собрались с липецкими пацанами Мы выберемся отсюда Пацаны отсюда уходят каждый день Каждый день просто А куда они вообще уходят? Как они уходят? Там же вокруг хохлы Да не, не вокруг хохлы А? Ли. Есть ну, ну как ну как вокруг хохлы вот передо мной стоять сейчас. Вот я стою вот я с тобой вся Ага
0: so I believe this is the second and/or third time we have heard about the soldiers leaving after December. Like this is the second or third time we've heard these, which I guess that is their time when they're. they're their time's up. They're going to go back home, okay? I want to mention that because we saw a few comments from my last episode about where, where were my resources? Where am I seeing these additional 1,000 men that could possibly be called up? Or 1,000, or excuse me, 1 million individuals. It was 750,000 men or 700,000 men, whatever it was, okay? Now, it came from two separate and intercepted calls that we had discussed this to actually be a possibility. I personally believe this could be true because Russia cannot win the war currently without more manpower. It just isn't feasible, okay? Okay. Like, they have the people to do so, so why wouldn't they do it? They could force the entire population of their country to do this. It also is a worry for the people of Russia. Uh, well, you know, the people in Russia are worrying, I guess is a better way to put it, because Putin has actually had to come out and state this.
2: I want to матерям, женам, сестрам, невестам и sisters, wives, and и of our soldiers and officers who are now in Понимаю, как вы переживаете за своих любимых и близких. Вы можете гордиться ими так же, как вместе с вами ими гордиться и переживает за них вся страна. Подчеркну, в боевых действиях не участвуют и не будут участвовать солдаты, проходящие срочную службу. И не будет проводиться и дополнительный призыв резервистов из запаса. Поставленные задачи решают только профессиональные военные уверен, они надёжно обеспечат безопасность и мир для
0: 5 months later, guess what happened? Mobilization. he forced everybody else to do this because they were getting the teeth kicking so bad. Trustworthy guy
2: 100%. В этих условиях разговоры каких-то дополнительных мобилизационных мероприятиях просто не имеют смысла.
0: So Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have a perfect gift like the Platinum Package 4.0. It has loads of little presents, perfect little stocking stuffers. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorants, gels, effoliants. Absolutely anything you would ever need, so don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. Get them a pair of Manscaped boxers, especially made to keep the area cool, to provide holiday comfort year-round. You never want your your old roundies down below to be sweating. I can assure you that. Now that you guys have gifted them the perfect privates, go beyond the groin with Manscaped's full-body product line. Dad has nasty nose hairs? Save his life with a weed whacker, nose hair, and ear trimmer. These Shears 2.0, full kit with nail and, and clippers and everything you would ever need to tweeze your nose and your fingers. And if your loved one is still using a loofah, hey, don't worry. They got this new body buffer. Well, loofahs, they actually hold bacteria like dead skin. You want to help them throw this out, this old disgusting loofah, and get their body scrubber that feels smoother but ath tougher? Lastly, top it off with a stocking of the Crown Jewel for their family jewels down below. I love it. This is the lawnmower 4.0. I'm telling you guys right now, it's got a lot of light on it. You can prop your leg up and just get it going. Just get the, And you just watch it coming off. You're like, my God, what was going on down there? It's a life changer. It's going to reduce nicks and cuts on Santa's sack. Manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving products the love and make them laugh. Hey, Get 20% off right now in free shipping at manscaped.com forward slash speak. That's manscaped.com forward slash speak to save 20% off and you get free shipping. Manscaped for a perfect gift. That will be the holiday's biggest hit. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. Make sure you go to manscaped.com forward slash speak to save 20% and get 20%. Free shipping. Russia has also started recently expanding its defensive positions along the border of Ukraine. Just yesterday, the governor of Belgorod announced that they were going to be establishing a local defensive unit, as if the Ukrainians are going to be storming Russia here very soon. They've also been digging like massive trench systems around the entire city itself, which seems a bit excessive. Like, just imagine this for a second: they are going so far with the propaganda to show. That there's a chance that the Ukrainians are, and the West is is able to invade Russia. That's going to happen. Now they're building trench systems inside of Belgorod. Like the timing of this is actually pretty spot on. Them I will give them credit for that since they are doing this just after like three separate bases were hitting, or excuse me, were hit by Ukrainians. And I want to shift back, by the way, over that uh, to the beginning piece we're talking about them being hit because now we actually get to see well, what the Russians think about their air is being hit inside of inside of Russia.
3: Началась специальная военная операция. Нужно было прикрывать войска, и нужно прикрывать войска, которые непосредственно находятся на территории, ведут бои с Украиной, на нашей территории, но ведут бои с украинской армией. И, естественно, все, что находится в приграничной зоне, ушло туда. Образовались бреши в системе противовоздушной обороны. Американские спутники эти бреши хорошо видят, я в этом не сомневаюсь, и специалисты в этом не сомневаются. Дали данные украинским Военным Они проложили маршрут этого стрижа в обход наших комплексов противовоздушной обороны. Он долетел практически до аэродрома, где по нему отработал комплекс, скорее всего, «Панцирь». Поэтому дальность невысокая, где-то порядка 10 километров, поэтому обломки упали на территорию аэродрома. Стоял бы там Бук-М-3, а уж тем более Витязь, 350 350 Витязь. Его бы сбили на дальности где-нибудь 50-60 километров, и вообще мы
0: этот инцидент бы не обсуждали so they've been very tight-lipped about the incident because they really they don't want to throw an excuse out there what we're also seeing and what they're also claiming is, is they're having these gaps because stuff like this been shifted apparently to help the troops which doesn't really help his argument because the systems that they're supposed to be stopping are near the troops so that one really didn't make very much sense I mean they shifted them all towards the area that this thing was shot out of it so I don't I'm not really tracking that. И вероятность того, что они даже попытаются в
3: сторону Москвы запустить, я в этом не сомневаюсь. Что мы должны делать? Мы должны в первую очередь создать, все-таки найти ресурсы, найти возможности, я не знаю, может быть в Западной Сибири что-то снимать, если у нас есть такая возможность. Потому что с восточных регионов нельзя, там американцы нам покоя не дают, там нарушения границы идут ежедневно, я имею в виду Аляска, Дальний Восток, вот эта вот граница с Японией, это кто служит, те знают, скучать не дают. Так вот, если вот брать из центральных районов, все-таки нужно делать специальный барьер. То есть вот, собственно говоря, Выводы подходы...
1: делать и делать да. стремительно. я
3: думаю, что и, и сейчас мы... Это... Надеюсь, Нет, я я это. просто уверен, вот, что конечно нужно... Конечно, у дарировать.
1: любого обывателя возникает вопрос, должна ли быть хоть какие-то бреши в системе ПВО, к тому же бреши, видные американцам из космоса, у страны, которая проводит спецоперацию а также не забываем это же аэродром где базируется наша ядерная триада. В общем, ждем
0: so we have no need to cross the border inside of Russia or, or around Alaska we never need to right? like that isn't that isn't a thing okay and if they have to move equipment from the opposite side of the country to stop something that is that far away what in the world they're so far behind like they're so far behind the eight-ball then you could, you could tell the main host wasn't having it. She just was like, all right, cut this thing, let's go to break, you're done, you're, you're not talking. We're not going to talk about this anymore." And I, and I do think it's somewhat funny that the Russians cannot comprehend for the life of them why Ukrainians feel they need to fight.
2: It's just interesting, why do they fight for what they fight for? Because Donbass, do they not think of their own land? For Europe. For the West? For the West to be
0: a part of the West, hypothetically.
2: Какая-то часть молодежи, одурманенная, скажем так, вот этой пропагандой, которая долгое время была, мы знаем, она просто человека ненавистническая, связана практически с каннибализмом, опять же, случаи, которые были зафиксированы на фронте. Они там в рамках своей какой-то идентичности это делают, пытаясь отрезаться от славян, от родственного народа, сказать, что мы вообще другие полностью. Какая-то часть людей, я думаю, это большинство, это просто люди, которые подневольно туда согнаны, которых мобилизовали с какого-то завода, отправили, он ничего сделать не может. Он понимает, пойдет назад, его просто застрелят. Как заложники. Ну, они просто как заложники, как и большинство жителей, потому что э, массовые расстрелы, которые там у них периодически практикуются, э, полное, значит, бесправие, людей в окопах и так далее. Он говорит о том, что там невозможно что-либо делать, ну как-то пытаться
0: протестовать. Got it. The reasoning of their mindset is linked to cannibalism. 100%. I get it. Makes complete sense, and I'm glad he cleared this up for me. Ukrainians, cannibalism. That's their need to fight, so they can, I guess, eat each other. It's the weirdest thing ever. Uh, and, and this is gonna be the last bit. It's actually from the man himself who started this entire thing. We get to finally hear his take. По поводу
2: угрозы ядерной войны, Светлана Геннадьевич, ну вы так такая угроза нарастает, здесь чурехота есть. По поводу того, что Россия ни при каких обстоятельствах не применит первый, но если не применит первый, ни при каких обстоятельствах, значит и второй тоже не применит, потому что возможности применения в случае нанесения ядерного удара по нашей территории они сильно ограничены. Тем не менее, у нас стратегия наша применения средств защиты, а именно как защиту мы рассматриваем оружие массового поражения, ядерное оружие, она вся настроена вокруг так называемого «ответно-встречного удара». То есть, когда по нам наносится удар, мы наносим в ответ. Значит, существует и то, чего все сейчас обсуждают, так называемое тактическое ядерное оружие, оно в большом количестве расположено, американское ядерное оружие, в большом количестве расположено на европейской территории. Мы никому наше ядерное оружие не передавали, не передаём, но естественно своих союзников будем защищать всеми имеющимися у нас средствами если это потребуется. мы с ума не сошли, мы отдаем себе отчет в том что такое ядерное оружие. эти средства у нас есть и они в более продвинутом и более современном виде находятся чем у какой-либо другой ядерной страны это очевидно на сегодняшний день очевидный факт но мы не собираемся размахивать этим оружием как бритвы бегая по всему миру но конечно исходим из того что оно есть это естественным образом сдерживающий фактор не провоцирующий к расширению конфликтов, а сдерживающий фактор и надеюсь это все понимают
0: few things real quick main one being him stating that they would use Nukes only for protection, okay? With the recent strikes now getting closer to hitting home inside of Russia, like literally inside of Moscow, is this going to be considered a means of protection? Like there will never be a nuke sent into Russia, of course. They do something very stupid. I mean, that's not going to happen. And I think he knows this, but does the civilian population have faith in what he's really saying? He tells them the war is going to be lasting very short. It's a very short military operation. It's now about to be the end of the year. He said they're not going to be mobilizing any men, and guess what? And then they had to mobilize them. And now I think they're probably going to have to do it again at some point. They claim they cannot be touched inside of Russia. And the base where the nukes are literally kept gets hit. So how much do they really trust them? Like, let's just throw it out there. Okay. So right out the gate, I do have to adjust some stuff for you guys. We are in the northern portion of the country. This little pocket right there, you guys remember the Ukrainian troops that actually pushed back over. Well, it took them a few days to gain access to this main route just south in between and between Sivitov and Kremlin. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, at the time of making the video, they had actually crossed the main road. They were holding the ground, but clearly that wasn't a feasible thing. And now the Russians have actually secured this main route. So it was very short-lived. So the Ukrainians did pop over and then they got pushed back, but they're pretty much back to the area that they were prior to that happening. So there was a little bit of ground shifted just right here. Now the Ukrainians have been able to secure more ground just north of here, right here. This is an area that we haven't seen them touch at all. Okay. Uh, the currently they, they just pushed through in, in the fighting is just taking east of Vorinshnya. I think I said that correctly, probably didn't, but I gave it a shot. So there is a chance the Ukrainians are attempting to encircle Sivitov instead of uh, taking it head on. I do believe that is to be the case. I think that is what they're going to do. I think it's almost using the Russians tactic they're using down at Bakhmut. I think it's what they're attempting to possibly do up here because they have been pounding, absolutely pounding this area. Okay. Over the last... I think it was last 12 to 24 hours, like pounding with artillery. I kind of like the strategy, by the way, they're going on right now because I don't know if it's intentional, which I'm sure it is. I, I mean, why wouldn't it be intentional? But they're becoming more random with the the areas that they're targeting. So just just real quick, we can, can do this. Remember, five, six days ago, they hit here, took ground here. Then they pushed through, took some ground here. Then they pushed through and took some ground here. Then they got pushed back, but it doesn't really matter. Now they're pushed, taking ground all the way up here. So they are randomly doing this, very sporadic, Okay. They've attacked the Russians in the last week like a handful of different times, Okay, making it impossible for them to figure out where they're going to be attacking next. This this, this may have been started due to the lack of progress along this main route that leads into Sivitov right through here. They've had literally, literally no progress all right here Okay, for the last month or so. I don't know if it's weather-based or what it is. They just haven't been able to, to pursue. But could we actually see the Ukrainians start pushing farther east? Okay, You know what I mean? Like and then when That actually would force the Russians to to shift their men and the resources to these gaps that are collapsing. So the recent push that's all the way north, all the way up here on northern edge. Was it done to test the defensive line? Or was it something they're, they're doing to actually show that they could push east? Farther east there is. there is. There is a small road. You can see right here. It all leads all the way over here to this main P66 route. Okay. That connects Russia all the way down to Sivitov. That, that connects like main Russia to Sivitov. All the way down this route. If the Ukrainians do end up taking this route, I, I think it's going to be a, kind of a slow route if they end up taking something like this. Imagine if they took this blue route right here, the one I'm circling, that one right there. If they were to take this route, it would be very slow. I don't think there would be a lot of Russians there. For one, it's really behind, like really far behind the front lines, so there's not going to be like a lot of resources and men just sitting around here. But that could force them to shift men from other areas up north to stop this gap from 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 happening. They cannot have this kind of stuff happen so deep behind them because it will cut off civito from getting resources in from russia itself this is just a thought process i'm having i know that my map looks really busy right now i got to clean it up this is driving me nuts so what i'm pretty much getting here is if the ukrainians were able to push all the way over here to this main route it would force the russians to then have to shift men all the way up like i don't know if this is to be a case or this is to be a thing but they are sporadically hitting them and i could see them wanting to 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 not hit civito head-on but to possibly just surround it kind of like this, kind of like what we've seen the Russians do down in, in, in Bakhmat. Now, speaking of Bakhmut, I'm actually going to shift South all the way down here. I'm going to tell you guys right now, after looking at it, there has been a, a little pocket of Russians that is giving the Ukrainians a little, a little run for their money. I guess the best way to put it. Um, there hasn't been much change on the North, Northwestern side or excuse me, Northeastern side of the city up through here. Okay. The Russians are attempting to, but they're not, they're not able to. Now, instead the Russians Instead of taking this main route all the way through here, they decided to push more northwest. Okay. Now they're they are followed the main creek that comes out of Bilahora. So Bilahora is about right here. There's a main creek that runs all the way down. They've used that creek and have pushed all the way up to Bilahora because the Ukrainians have stated that they they repelled a tack in Bilahora. So it's very, very clear right now that the Russians have made it that far. And I think the end goal. For the Russians in this area in terms of what they're trying to achieve, but I still don't really understand the logic behind it, or whatever I will, is Bakhmut. To me, this area doesn't need to be taken to have success inside of Ukraine. I'm, I, I, The amount of men and equipment they are losing and have lost inside of this area doesn't justify the amount of effort they're putting into it. I've said this in almost every single episode and will continue to until someone gives me some indication in or reasoning behind this. I don't understand it. It's, it doesn't make very much sense to me. But right now, the Ukrainians have lost this chunk of ground right through here, and they're just south of Bielora right now. That is the Russians. But on the rest of the country, there's been pockets of fighting happening all the way through the south, southeastern side, all the way over to Kyrgyzstan. But nothing's really come of it. That's pretty much it for today's update for what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. Thanks for hanging out with me, guys. I do love you. I'll see you guys tomorrow.